Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. A 40-something gender queer person shares their observations, life stories, and the adventures of their journey through transition and beyond. And now, here's your host, the creator of it all, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Hey, 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 hello everyone. Welcome back to another great episode. Let's welcome back, welcome back. But before before we do anything, we gotta give it up and listen to that band. Finish it up. Nah, uh, yeah, I love it. I love those last beats. I love those downbeats. Those are awesome. That was Emily Kay and the I'm Coming Out Dancers. Welcome, Emily Kay. Welcome, welcome. That was somebody who got in touch with me that I'm just leaving it at that. And they were in the process of coming out when I put that on the list of band names. It was a while ago. So, Emily, I hope you're still around. And thank you for listening. And, hey, enjoy being the band this episode. And while we're here, welcome aboard, welcome aboard new listeners, welcome to this crazy, magical train ride, sleigh ride that I call Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, I am the hostess with the mostess, I am Charlie Sabrina Miller. Yes, that's me. So if you're a new listener, welcome for choosing this episode, if this is your first. Welcome aboard, it's a crazy stream of consciousness style podcast where I just roll with everything. I create an outline about stuff I'm going to talk about and then turn on the mic and here we go here we go and if you're a returning listener even if this is your second episode you're considered a returning listener welcome back buckle in strap down strap on whatever you do and enjoy the ride for this crazy what i it's just i don't know stream of consciousness me rolling rolling with the punches is what it is so welcome aboard new listeners welcome back old listeners or longtime listeners or binge listeners or however you're enjoying the show welcome 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 this episode we're going to talk about well i called it those were the days and that's in reference to um well we'll talk about that later but the main topic is family we're going to talk about family a little bit uh i have another one of the uh famous women sharing their best advice that they've either given or received this week we're on number 13 so we're getting there we're almost at number 25 we're getting there slowly but surely for sure we're getting there got another secondary topic coming up as i mentioned last episode i'm trying to figure out a more permanent uh, fun interesting title for that section of the show i mean main topic main topic title topic you know okay that's what that is secondary topic i don't know i haven't figured anything out yet so if you got an idea send it my way you can email me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or interact on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast. Listener feedback? Well, we'll see what happens when we get there. But before we talk about anything for this episode, let's just briefly talk about last episode, the first episode of the new year. Welcome, New Year 2016. 
Ah, we made it. 2016, that was the first one last week. I rambled on a little bit, uh, more so than usual, and went down Tangent Road a number of times. Kind of got lost on that. Had to check out my map again and get me back on track. I, I, in the editing process, I, it was kind of fun. <laughs> the, the randomness and the, t- the tangentness, if that's an actual word, I'll make it up and charge Webster 50 cents. Um, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. It was just me being me. That's what it was. Uh, I th- reason I bring it up is because I think I went off a little bit too much. But hey, you know, it was a party. It was the first of, of the year. So I didn't really care. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. I shared uh, some resolutions. I actually called them goals because goals are a little more attainable and a little more digestible. And you can re-evaluate and rework your goals to make them fit your life at that moment in time. Whereas a resolution just seems so firm and unbendable that I, I, I didn't, I chose to get rid of that word. So that's what we talked about last episode. Uh, also just another brief shout out listeners. I'm looking for topics, looking for things to talk about, looking for guests too. send them my way. I'll give the email again in a moment. Uh, and <laughs> if you listen to last episode, you, uh, you'll notice that I threw in a song where I did not give it any introduction and I did not give it any outroduction. I don't know if that's a word or not, but we're going to roll with it anyway. Uh, And that's because I literally threw it into the mix as I was editing. And I don't want to give it away so people, you can go back and listen. Uh, But uh, um, I'm just going to say this. Uh, Without giving it away, it's a song from a movie that came out in May of 1977. Okay? Okay. Just leave it right there. Okay? Okay. All right, so you can find all past episodes at Changes in Latitudes podcast at blogspot.com. Over on that page where I kind of house everything, I've got an Amazon affiliate link. Shop through our portal there, and pennies on the dollar come back to help out the show. And for the few that have done that, thank you so much for doing your Christmas shopping. I really appreciate that. Do your year-round shopping if you can. It helps out the show probably more than you realize because you don't even know that your price is different. Cruise on over to Changes in Latitudes podcast at blogspot.com. Click the Amazon link. Here's a little secret. Bookmark that link. And then anytime you go to, you know, change that out for your Amazon bookmark is basically what I'm trying to say there. So every time you go to your Amazon bookmark link, it's our portal. Pennies on the dollar come back to us. You'll forget that you're even helping us out until I say something on the show and say, hey, thanks for using the Amazon affiliate portal. There's also a PayPal donate button if you're so inclined to leave a tip or uh I guess that's the best way to do it. Buy me a cup of coffee, buy me a sandwich, however you want to think about it, justify it. You can use the PayPal donate button. Uh, we've got a link for iTunes and Stitcher. And if you use either one of those two, do the show a favor and uh, rate and review and subscribe and, and give us a thumbs up or five stars or whatever the t- case may be on whichever platform you're using because that helps the show grow. Facebook, as I said a moment ago, facebook.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. I'm over there quite often, actually, uh, interacting with people's comments, posting things that I find very poignant to the trans community, and then just some stuff that is just fun for me or poignant to me, I share. Email once again, changes in latitudes podcast at gmail.com. And if you really want to, you can follow me on Twitter at SabrinaMiller41. Don't use it too frequently, but if you tweet at me, I will tweet back at you. It just may take me a little bit. And while you're checking out websites, why don't you check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. And if you're not familiar with Patreon, 
there's a whole what it's about section on Patreon's page, so you can learn all about it. But in a nutshell, it's basically crowdfunding, but uh, with a with a twist. <laughs> basically, it's artists and creative people putting out original content on a regular basis, and the patrons are like patrons of the arts, like they was in the olden golden times when you could sponsor an artist and you know become a patron and sponsor somebody. That's what it is. I've got ranges of reward levels from a dollar uh, all the way up to twenty. So thank you so much for my current patrons. I love you all. I think you know that. I am working on a, a few more rewards and different things to put out this year. So keep your eye on the Patreon page. And I also post stuff on the Facebook page regarding Patreon. So if you follow on the face, Facebook page, you'll f- see what's going on. This episode, number 68, is brought to us by... Well, I've got a couple patrons over on Patreon that wish to remain anonymous. And I can't really say, you know, hey, these people, because it makes them non-anonymous. So to keep them anonymous, I'm just going to say thank you to my anonymous patrons. You all are awesome. Uh, And I hope you had a wonderful holiday season. I hope that life is treating you well in this brand new year, the second week of the new year. Hope the first week treated you well. (laughs) It's another way to put it. And I just wanted to say right here on this particular episode, thank you so much for your support. And I hope you've liked some of the bonuses uh, stuff I've been throwing out there the last, oh, well, on and off for about a month now. Got a lot of ideas to do. It's just a matter of finding the time to do them. All right, enough of this housekeeping crap. Let's get that out of the way, sweep it under the carpet, and get on to the main topic. song to the 70s television show All in the Family. Legendary comedy, groundbreaking comedy. If you're not familiar with it, I highly suggest checking it out. But with this disclaimer, it is very, I'm just going to say it's a very period piece. It is very representative of the 70s and the changing times that were the 70s, going from that free love sort of aspect of the 60s into the tightly wound whoever has enough whoever has as many toys in the end wins mentality of the 80s uh you know that coked up mentality of the 80s it really really embodies a good portion of the 70s and what a lot of that generational gap that happened in the 70s so if you're going to look at it keep that in mind it's not going to fly today if somebody tried to revamp this show again it would not work 
it just our culture, our society, our ideals, our our thoughts, our feelings, our interactions with people in general have totally changed. So it's it's it, consider it a period piece. Because that's what it is, but it is funnier than fuck. It is hilarious. And the song we just heard is called Those Were the Days. It was written by Lee Adams and Charles Strauss. It was sung by Carol O'Connor and Gene Stapleton, who happened to be the stars of the show. Now, if you've watched, uh, the one parody that comes to my mind is The Simpsons, but they've done it before in other shows. They've parodied the opening of this particular show. In fact, the very, very beginning of A Family Guy is a direct parody of it, just not the style of song, where they have the male lead or husband of the episode of the TV show and the female lead or the wife of the TV show sit at a piano facing the camera. So we don't see the keyboard. We just know they're sitting at a piano, an upright piano. So, you know, plunking out on the keypad, keyboard. Uh, one of the episodes of The Simpsons opened their whole show with the same song or a smidgen of it. Maybe it was the couch gag. It's been so long. I can't remember, but it's out there. And like I said, Family Guy, it's a totally different song, and it changes really fast. But the first, what, three, four seconds, the husband and wife are sitting at the piano starting to play. So that, that's a takeoff on all in the family. That's where it comes from. And so that's what you hear and see in the very beginning of the theme song. So you could probably Google it and look it up on YouTube if you want to see the opening credits. But there's the song for it. Now, I chose that song because this is an episode about family. Uh, as I teased last episode, I'm going to kind of revamp um, my coming out as transgender to my family. And, and that's really, listen to the first, I don't know, 20-something episodes of this particular podcast, and you'll hear that story. You're not going to get away from it. That's kind of the backbone of the, of the podcast, especially in the early episodes. But when I came out, they, they were supportive, but there was a lot of questions, a lot of different questions. Is this, what's, how is this going to affect your wife and your son? And, how, and are you sure? And what about... What about this and what about that? You know, personal aspects of life and how are you going to do that and how are you going to do this and such like that. I mean, there were concerned questions, supportive but concerned, and I get it. And as soon as time went on and they realized that, yes, this is part of me and I'm embracing it. It's not just, you know, something that, uh, you know, I'm saying it's part of it. They embraced it and, and they, they were okay with it. And then uh, later... In July of last year, 2015, I came out as genderqueer. Check out episode 52 for more details on that if you haven't heard that episode yet. And the family was supportive once again, but it wasn't as verbal. It wasn't as questioning. wasn't as concerned as it was in the past. They're like, okay, well, that's it. You, that's just, okay, you're going you're gonna to be both, and that's fine. Okay, great. Uh, and that's kind of where it stayed. And I expected more questions to happen, you know, later past certain times of, uh, uh, of the, the following months after coming out as genderqueer and it, uh, didn't happen. And it, it could be because my family is so spread out. Uh, as, as many of you know, my wife and family and I, immediate family and I, we live in San Diego and the closest family relative that I have lives up in the Los Angeles area, San Fernando Valley, to be more specific for those that are in the know. Uh, then my next, you know, closest family is up in the uh, Central California Fresno area. And so that's just to put it in perspective for uh, people that don't know, 
that's about just shy of 400 miles uh, north of where I am. I think it's close to 350, somewhere between 350 and 400 miles away from where I am. So it's not like it's easy to visit. <laughs> so, so that's pretty far. The next closest live up in Oregon. And then the next closest after that are in Idaho. And the next closest from that live all the way on the East Coast, northeast uh, of America. And, and that is extended family that lives out in the East. That's actually cousins and aunts and uncles and such. So my immediate, immediate family, which would, we could say is my sisters and their children, my nieces and nephews, they're the ones that live, still live on the West Coast. We're just spread out <laughs> top to bottom from, from the, the northern tip of America before we hit Canada and the southern tip of America before we hit Mexico. That's, that's where my family ranges. And so it's not easy to visit. The holidays are tough to coordinate because of everybody's different schedules and such. And so we don't see each other as much as we would like. Thank God for Facebook for keeping us together in that sense. But it still feels as if we're so spread out. And, I mean, it's nice to see them, you know, posting stuff about their family on Facebook. And we're, and I'm commenting on it and vice versa. I'll post something and they'll comment on it. Or they'll share something and I'll be like, oh, that's great. Or I'll share something and bring it to their attention. And, oh, that's great. But it still feels so far apart and sometimes so alone, uh, even though I'm not. I know I'm not because of, well, listen to past episodes. I know I'm not. If you listen to my disclaimer, I know I'm not alone. But you can't help that feeling once in a while to feel so alone. And uh, I think the initial reaction was... Oh, okay. So he, she changed their mind again, and which I think happens to a lot of trans people, as we are on this journey for self-discovery, where we find a location or a specific definition, quote-unquote definition, a, a term, a, a form of language words that we choose to describe ourselves, and 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 just like clothing, we put it on that first time, and it feels great. Whatever that feeling means to you and then we walk around in those clothes for a while and literal clothes or proverbial clothes you know it can be both and realize you know what no this particular style of uh, of piece is not for me i'm gonna i'm gonna change this part and remove this thing and add this thing and we're gonna change the shoes and we're gonna put on a hat and maybe some glasses and some earrings or vice versa take the hat off take the glasses off take the earrings off whatever whatever and you finally start to whittle down the the the, the authentic you uh, that you that we're all on this journey to find. Kind of like maybe sculpting a st- stone statue. You know, you start with a block of stone, and the sculptor, the artist, starts chiseling away slowly until you know. Oh, that's a recognizable piece. That's the shoulder. Oh, that's another recognizable area. That's the thigh or whatever. And then it continues, and you whittle it down and you narrow it down until finally. The artwork, the sculpture, that statue is what it's supposed to be. And that kind of feels a, a, a way to surmise my journey. I, well, I, I would think a lot of trans people's journeys because we're so, we're trying to create and make a language to define ourselves, our, ourselves internally, ourselves externally, ourselves with inti- in intimate circumstances, ourselves with, with public circumstances. I mean, we're... we're 
you know, work versus, uh, I don't want to say pleasure, uh, business versus pleasure, work versus, you know, personal life. We're trying to find the best authentic us that we can. And I think as we are on that path, we, we find new things that we, you know, new people that, that have come up with a different way to express themselves or say something about themselves that we, that, hey, yeah, you know, I really like the way that that works for you. And I'm going to try to take it and adjust it for me so it can be mine and I can own it too. So, so in that change, for, for me saying, you know, trans woman to gender fluid, gender queer person, uh, gender queer fluid, gender queer femme person, gender fluid femme person, because that's where I kind of gravitate towards, more towards the femme side than the masculine side. Uh, some days are different, but more often than not, it's a little more femmy than manny, I guess is one way to say it. I don't know. Anyhow, uh, when, when when I made that, that change, that proclamation, it, it was, it was uh, the reaction wasn't, well, it wasn't what I was expecting, which I, I think we've all heard so many times. And it was more like, oh, okay, all right, that's cool. Good. Be yourself. Which is, you know, the, the, the silence speaks volumes, and the lack of, of communication speaks volumes. But still, you're like, oh, is that all you had to say? Okay, I thought you'd say more. And, 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 and even in the, the time since I've come out to, to now, when I'm recording this in early January, uh, there's more of a term of non-binary that really seems to be blowing up all over, well, all over the internet at least. So you've got your transgender and then your non-binary, which is where gender fluid, gender queer people seem to be gravitating towards on their own. You know, well, I'm not male, I'm not female, I'm a blend of both, I like to do this, I like to do, I like to do that. And so they don't want to label themselves, you know, anything, anything. So they'll start. So I've noticed more people are starting to call themselves non-binary. And then, hey, that's great. That's great. I always took that to be more of a of an, an androgynous area. The non-binary would be more androgynous. But that's my take on it. That's my definition. And the cool thing is, is you can use the word for your own definition, just as I've used gender queer for my personal definition. Because longtime listeners, binge listeners, you know, you, you've heard this before. New listeners, this is for you. I'm taking back the word queer. It was used against me a lot as a child, and so I want to own it. I want to take it back for me, hold on to it for me, so I've decided to call myself gender queer. And then at the same time realize that gender fluid's probably a better accurate definition, but yeah, whatever. I'm going to call myself queer. And the the supportive or informative articles that were coming at me from family members and friends at, at a pretty huge rate have slowed down. And I don't know if that's because I'm posting more on the, uh, on the changes in latitudes, Facebook page, which they're all part of. They're all, you know, they've all liked it. But here's the thing with Facebook. If you don't click get notifications or if you don't follow the page, you're never going to see these posts. I mean, well, hardly ever because it's, it's an algorithm. You know, the only way that people that don't have the get notifications option on the only way they're going to see posts is when posts reach a lot of comments or reach a lot of likes because it becomes popular and so oh hey you like this page here's a popular post from this page take a look at it but my page only has i don't know 230 something likes so i'm not going to get a lot of likes on each post and i get that i understand that we got to have time to let the page grow 
So that means not very many people are seeing the posts. So, hey, if you haven't seen the posts in a while, go to the page, check it out. Make sure you have the get notifications thing selected, which I know you can do on a laptop, desktop type computer, you know, a browser interface with Facebook. I don't believe you can do it with the mobile app. At least on my iPhone, I can't for right now, you know, early 2016. So that interaction kind of dwindled. And I don't know if it's because they realized, you know, that I did know the information that they were sharing. You know, I would be grateful for it. And some of it would be new. A lot of it would be old. A lot of it had been stuff that either I already read or I had heard about or didn't really pertain to me, which is valid. I understand that. Uh, A lot of it came to me as questions of, you know, hey, this person's doing this. What are you doing that's, you know, similar or not similar? (laughs) You know, part of the reason I put this whole freaking podcast together was for people like my family, uh, people who know me personally, and then, you know, give them an opportunity to, to know me more intimately. And <laughs> by their lack of response, I'm pretty damn sure they don't listen. Either that or they choose to be, you know, anonymous, incognito, and not let me know they're listening to not hinder what I'm going to say. And if that's the case, if you're listening, if that's the case, totally cool i get that but it's uh it's the same feeling when you you know remember when you were a kid and you and i mean a kid kid you know like elementary school you know like kindergarten first grade second grade you do an art project or you do something in in class that you know you're proud of whatever it is you know a painting a drawing an essay a story you know an art project whatever And you put your time into it and you're proud of it and you bring it home or you show your parents or your parental figure or whoever that is. And their reaction doesn't match your passion about it. And it kind of makes you feel like, well, why did I go through all of that for then? That's the feeling that I get sometimes when I don't get that, you know, feedback from, from immediate friends and family. And... I mean, some friends and, well, specifically friends, have said, yeah, no, I I listen. I I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And that's awesome. That is, that just warms my heart. I love it when when I hear that. And and even if they're behind and they're listening, I don't care. I'm behind in my own personal listening. (laughs) I've said that many times in the past. Go back, you'll find out. (laughs) And it hasn't changed much. I've listened more, but I haven't changed, I haven't gotten up on my timeline yet. Anyhow, uh, like I was saying, uh, I made this for for those people that, uh, you know, are close family members. You know, like I said, sisters, aunts, or excuse me, sisters, nieces, nephews. And then I also made it for the extended family, the, the aunts and the cousins and the uncles that are out there that, shit, I haven't seen in 20, 30 years. And, you know, f- when when your target thoughted, thoughted, that's not a word. You know, when you you have a target audience in mind, and mine was other trans people like myself, people going through the same type of journey, and intimate friends, family, and all that, to to, to learn more about me, to to not get that, uh, hey, yeah, I heard a po- heard an episode that was great. You know, they don't have to be specific about it. You know, just let me know you're listening. That's all I end up really caring about. So, it, it, I mean, I've gotten over it. In the beginning, it kind of, it was kind of stung a little bit. It's like, oh, wow, okay, well, I did say you probably should listen to this episode, but all right, I get it, you're busy. That's cool. Uh, 
another reason to put this podcast out was to journal my my life, you know, so I can personally reflect on it in years to come. Uh, you know, my son can re- reflect on it in years to come. It's just there to document my little existence on this ball of gas that's going through the universe. Um, I mean, and in that sense, it's also a way to offer my journey to those people who haven't even, you know, they're, they're the people that are, you know, not even in their secondary uh, sexual characteristics part of puberty yet, where they're really starting to question their gender. And that's when they're going to start looking for answers. You know, those people who are either just being born now or are only maybe five or six right now. And in, you know, five, six years, seven years from now, they come across this type of program that's archived out there. And, you know, hopefully they'll look back and listen to it. I, I know I know when you get to a point, wow, that's 10 years old. I'm not going to listen to that. Well, I think there, I think we're going to reach a point in, wow, that person, this person happened to do this 10 years ago. I'm going to listen to it. And they may peruse things. They may not, you know, listen wholeheartedly, and I get that. But that's another reason to... Um, for me to put this together. So those are the reasons why, I mean, the, the, the obvious reasons why I'm doing this show and I'm enjoying it. I have for the last year and few, four months now. Uh, and it's when the response is not there, it, uh, I don't, well, it hurts, but not in the sense of, of hurts in any big sense of the word. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, I thought you thought you might have listened to that episode. All right, I get it. Your life's busy, and you're not a not really a podcast listener. I get it. That's cool. So, uh, and what, what's the old adage say? You know, you can drag a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Yeah, it's the same thing. You can you can present links to the po- here. Listen to this episode. Listen to this episode. Listen to this episode. Oh, hey, did you catch this episode? I talked about such and such, and it was. Uh, it's tough when they say, oh, no, I haven't gotten around to it. So, and if you're any of you, you are actually listening and you just haven't gotten back to me. That's cool. Um, but let me know anyway. <laughs> let me know. Because here we are at episode 68, you know, a year and change now. A, year, a good year and six weeks. So, let me know <laughs> is what I'm getting at with that. When you need a professional who specializes in writing, photography, or web design, contact Tom Slayton. At Tom's website, TomSlayton.com, you'll find brilliant WordPress themes, discounts and links for fantastic online services, and sage wisdom from the master himself, Tom Slayton. TomSlayton.com even features a wonderful eclectic collection of photographs seldom seen elsewhere. Visit TomSlayton.com. That's T-O-M-S-L-A-T-I-N.com. Uh, TomSlayton.com. Thank you, Tom, for all that you do for the show. Thank you so much. You know I do appreciate it. I, 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 I never thought I would get any sort of sponsorship, especially like yours, at all in the first year. And to have it now going into you know the second full year is pretty damn awesome. So... Thank you very much. Folks, check out TomSlayton.com. I've said before, it's it's a great, I call it a rest stop on the internet. You, you go to it, you find something interesting to look at or read or think about or ponder or what have you, and then you move on with the rest of your day, whatever it may be, back to Facebook, checking something out on IMDb, 
looking up that walkthrough on how to do a video game or whatever the case may be, you know, self-education on some topic that you choose back to go, going back to listening to your podcast, whatever it may be. This week, uh, I really stumbled on it. I pulled up his page and it was one of the first things that caught my eye. It's an abandoned home with an unplayed piano. And uh, the direct link is uh, tomslayton.com forward slash abandoned home with unplayed piano. It's, it's a, the picture, the picture is pretty damn cool. I mean, it's an old abandoned house. Looks like it was old in the woods and it's been left for probably, I don't know, 10, 15, maybe pushing 20 years. Uh, and it's, it's a very old style, I don't know, 40s, 50s house. Uh, it's got a porch. It's got two stories. It's got, you know, windows uh, in the top front. And so the porch and the door and the window on the porch along with the windows up above kind of look like a face of some sort. And then he's got some pictures uh, inside the house, uh, disheveled, uh, grungy, you know, looks like the roof has fallen in. Uh, appliances are still left there. Furniture still left there, and specifically a piano that probably hasn't been played since the family abandoned it. And who knows when they left it? Uh, I don't know any of the story. In fact, I tweeted at Tom to say, Hey, what's the story behind this photo set? And I haven't heard back from him yet. So once I find out, I'll throw that in in a future episode because this set of what, six, seven uh, pictures. Is, is pretty cool just to, to look at and think what history happened here. So uh, check it out, TomSlayton.com. And just as the commercial says, he's got WordPress themes, he's got writing ideas, photos, and he's just an all-around great guy. So if you're just looking for somebody to bounce a question off of, somebody that you don't know, somebody totally unbiased, get in touch with him through his links on TomSlayton.com. Twenty-five famous women share the best advice they've either given or received. There will be a link in the show notes over at Blogspot for this episode. The link is far too long to actually verbally share with you folks. It's part of the cut, which was published through AOL when I first started this whole countdown thing using this particular article. And this week, as I said, we're on number thirteen. And number thirteen is Liv Tyler. Now, if you don't know who Liv Tyler is, uh, don't feel bad. Because I guessed at who she was, and I was right. I, I knew who she was. She's the daughter of Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. And she's got a pretty good list of credits to her IMDb listing. So I'm not going to go into them all. You can look her up on IMDb if you don't know who she is. But she's one of those pretty phenomenal people. Her quote is, make eye contact. Stop to really look someone in the eye. My grandmother taught me that. And that one's pretty straightforward. You know, look somebody in the eye. Look them directly in the eye. My grandmother taught me that. I mean, it's pretty pretty straightforward language. We don't have to get all deep and philosophical and break it down or, or anything like that. But when we stop and take a deeper look at it, I, I kind of get it that some people may see it as a form of intimidation if you're looking them, you know, straight in the eye so intently. Well, you know, don't be so intense about your gaze. Back off the intensity of your gaze if that's the good thing. But definitely look people in the eye. Why? What do they say? That the eye is the window to the soul? 
your soul connecting with their soul for that moment in time, that brief moment in time, that exchange between the two of you, connect with them. Because not only will it make it a more meaningful moment or exchange or whatever it is, but it will fulfill you as a person. You'll connect with their soul. There's going to be that give and take that won't happen if you can't look them in the eye. Also, I understand that some people you just can't look in the eye because, you know, you, you don't respect them or you're intimidated by them or whatever the case may be. Or maybe you're just shy. I get it. There's reasons for it. But it's a goal to strive for. If, you, if you're not used to looking people in the eye, try it. Start with familiars. Start with people that you know, that you know are not going to, you know, stare you down or anything like that. Start with friends. Start with family. Start with people that are going to be giving you a hug if something gets a little crazy or intense. Okay? That's my suggestion. And then build up from there. Or if you can't do it with somebody that you're close to, do it to a total perfect stranger, you know, when you're talking in the line at the uh, grocery store or something. You know, that that small talk sort of thing happens. You're going to talk to the cashier. If they're a good cashier, they're going to try to make eye contact with you. So give it back to them. Take them in for that moment in time. You're developing a relationship, especially if it's a place like a grocery store or a coffee shop or someplace that you frequent often. Chances are they're going to remember you even if you don't want them to remember you. So <laughs> look the person in the eye. As I said, we're on 13. we got 12 left. So if there's a, a countdown or some list of things that you want me to go over and talk about here on the show, send it my way. Changes in Latitudes podcast at gmail.com. Aha, secondary topic. Here we go. Secondary topic. Secondary topic. This, this secondary topic, I'm going to talk about sports. Now, if you're a longtime listener or binge listener or you know me, I am not a sports person at all. I, I can respect it. I respect sports. I understand the camaraderie of it. I just don't get it. Uh... For me, sports was never something I got into, never something I cared about. In elementary school, uh, it could have been for a number of reasons, but you know, I was one of those people that was always picked last. Whatever team I was on usually ended up losing, and on many occasions, I got blamed for being that losing team because I didn't hit the ball, I didn't catch the ball, I didn't kick the ball, I, some bullshit, whatever it was, you know. And it, it I, I, I just didn't care. In going over rules for whatever it was, I mean, in physical education, PE class, yeah, we have to go over the rules for baseball or football or soccer or whatever the fuck game we were playing at the time. And to be quite honest, I got confused. I got confused with the way it was explained. I got confused with how things would be, you know, spoken about. I mean, not all the time. I did kind of comprehend such as things as baseball. You know, I, I get that. But past that, I... I I didn't care. I didn't care. Why? Because we're all going back to that same damn classroom in 45 minutes to sit and learn about spelling or English or math or history or whatever the fuck it was. You know, the game outside on the field really didn't matter. It didn't matter because the next day we're choosing new teams, we're choosing a new game or maybe, you know, starting a new game or whatever. So it really didn't matter to me, especially in the moment in time. Maybe it's because I knew whatever team I was on was usually going to lose, and that's just how it worked out. 
I, I remember losing more often than winning. <laughs> and, and so maybe that was why I didn't care. But I just, I never cared. I never got it. I never understood why somebody would get so excited about, well, potentially hurting themselves. That's the way I saw it. You know, I didn't care that some person was able to hit or kick or throw a ball the hardest, the furthest, the longest, the fastest, fastest, whatever it was. Um, And maybe, maybe, maybe that was because I remember seeing a lot of news articles or magazine articles or, or newspaper articles or radio stories or whatever about athletes, you know, who are injured and can no longer do their job. Well... Call me stupid, call me crazy, me to strive to go out and push my body to do something that it's not really meant to do, chancing, taking a chance to injure myself so I could no longer do the thing I'd been working forward to for so many years, that just seems ridiculous. You know, I, 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 I'm not going to juggle chainsaws just because it looks cool. It's too goddamn dangerous. My hat's off to those that do. My hat is off to those that do. Good for them. Not for me. And the same is true with sports. I don't, you know, I don't want to go running around on a football field and have somebody knock me down. I don't, don't like being knocked down. So I'm not going to do something where it's pretty goddamn guaranteed I'm going to be knocked down. You know, I don't, I don't want to catch a ball that is being hurled at me or hit at me at 65, 70, you know, 55 to 70 miles an hour. I, I, I'm not going to try to stop a fucking car. You know, yes, it's smaller and all that, but still, you know, 60 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour. I don't want to try to catch a ball that's doing that. No, thank you. It's going to hurt my fucking hand or whatever. And lo and behold, you know, you look future in, you look into the future and the people that played these games, their joints, their muscles, their backs, their knees, their ankles, whatever it is, are, you know, going kaput. I'm sorry. I, to me, that just seems kind of, kind of silly to do something that is going to purposefully injure your body like that. As I've said before, there is no good reason to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. So I personally am never going to skydive unless I absolutely have to because my life depends on it. Now, please realize that I'm not saying these people don't have a skill. Yes, I recognize the fact that to go and do these sports things, it does take skill. It does take practice. I totally understand that. But so does being an artist, you know, painting, drawing, being a musician of some sort. That takes practice. That takes skill. And the last time I checked, you're not going to lose a hand or a finger when you practice the guitar or the piano or the cello or the violin or the saxophone or picking up a paintbrush. You're, you're not going to you know, lose a finger by painting on a canvas. You know, you're not going to suffer brain damage just because you know, you're choosing to draw with pencils or crayons or you know pastels or chalk or whatever it just seems kind of silly to me to push the human body beyond its its capable parameters when the end result is 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 never going to be what people think it's going to be because there's there's only so many people that can be the best in their field so what about all the others 
they're going to get a lot of the same injuries, a lot of the same things, but they're not going to get the recognition or the money or the time that these other people are going to have. And then what about the people that blow their money? Because, you know, they do. That's just human nature with some people. They blow their money. So when they do reach that point of not being able to do their job anymore, they got nothing. So that's my, that's where I'm coming from. Um, also I, and I compare this with people with skills, you know, musicians and artists and such like that, uh, or even mathematicians who can, you know, uh, you know, forensic CPAs, <laughs> you know, that sort of, that sort of person has a skill, has talent. They're not going to go break their finger. I mean, they may sprain their finger on a, on an adding machine or something. They may develop carpal tunnel because of working on a computer. Well, shit, most people do that. <laughs> so, you know, that's going to happen to a lot of people in the future. Also, I don't see how developing sports skills, whatever those sports skills may be, benefits humankind in the grand scheme of things. Yes, there will be a awesome game that's going to be recorded and rewatched over the, you know, the decades to come. I get that because it's a skill, it's a, it's a talent, it's something that people work on. And so there are going to be things that you want to reflect on and learn from and all that. But at the same breath, I'm going to say, look at the artists that have created these paintings that have lasted for centuries, uh, sculptures, uh, pieces of music, uh, other inventions, you know, from these people that have talent and skill who have worked and honed on their, their abilities. These are the type of people that I personally think we should be investing more energy into wanting to become spending more time, uh, watching them and learning from them, whatever that may be going to a museum or listening to a concert or whatever the case may be. Because in the end, I see it as just a bunch of guys and women too, running around either inside or outside, kicking around, throwing around, hitting around some shape ball. And I don't, I don't see that how that's going to benefit future generations. Now, please realize I have nothing against sports fans, people who support sports and are really into it and know the players and understand that. I, I, I'm, I'm not against that at all. That's your thing. That's your release because you're not trying to go out and be them. I get it. That's cool. But I'm talking about the people who are really striving to be the next whoever. I don't even give me uh, name a sports person that I don't know. Okay, because anybody you say, I'm not going to know. I mean, there are a small handful of the big names. You know, Babe Ruth. Okay, <laughs> uh, Ladane Tomlinson. Okay, I've heard those names in pop co- pop culture references. It's the only reason I fucking know them. Other than that, I, I don't know. And sports in general just seems so fucking competitive for no reason uh there's i don't see any benefit of it i i I never have and i know i'm i'm fairly alone in my thought process and and if this is if this section's not for you you can skip forward to the end we'll get to the next section in a moment just skim for the music and specifically with like football it is so war-like 
And we, the last thing we need to perpetuate is war in this world, I think. We, we need to perpetuate things like peace. So, you know, if, the, if somebody could figure out a peaceful sports game where you just kind of gently move the ball around, where nobody's going to get hit in the head, nobody's going to sprain an ankle, twist an ankle, break an ankle, you know, while trying to kick the damn thing. Let's maybe play that game. And maybe this is because I'm just not a competitive person. I, I, I don't... I don't see the reason for competition. Everybody can be good at what they do to their level. And yes, they can better themselves. Yes, they can learn from others. But there's no real competition in it. There's no race to the end of life. You know, nobody I know really wants to reach the end of that goal. I mean... In certain circumstances, I get it. There are some people who have lived their full lives, and it's just going to be a lot easier for them to not continue. You know, I'm, I'm talking people who are terminally ill, such like that. But most people I know are not on that race to, to get to the end of life. Most people I know. In fact, all people I know. <laughs> uh, so so I'm, I'm not a competitive person. And, you know, I don't really care who... Um, kicked the hardest or uh, threw the fastest or whatever. I don't. It doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't change my life. It doesn't move me. Um, and I, I recognize the fact that, you know, some individuals have changed the way sports are done. Those outstanding individuals have done something very significant for that culture. I get it. That's going to happen almost anywhere. You know, you're going to have a bunch of piano players and a bunch of people making music, but there's only going to be, you know, one Mozart or one uh, Irving Berlin or George M. George M. Cohan or you, know, you name it. You know, there's only going to be one of those, and there's going to be 50 or 100 people that are almost just like that individual, but not quite. I get it. That's, that's human nature as well. Well, that doesn't make them any less value. It doesn't devalue them. It just means nobody's heard of them except, you know, people who physically, you know, really know those individuals. And here's the cool thing about the Internet now. The small people, the, the individuals that normally in the, in the distant past you'd never hear about are now usually on the Internet doing something for themselves. Kind of like me and my podcast. There are tons out there of so many different podcasts. There's a good handful of transgender podcasts. I'm aware of that. But there is only one changes in latitudes of transgender experience because there is only one me. So, so I'm going off on things. Uh, no, and, and I realize that, you know, as I talk about, you know, my background is theater and acting and, and dramatic arts and all that. And yes, there's competitions with that. The Oscars and the Tonys and the Emmys and all that. Well, let me tell you something. I stopped caring about those things about somewhere between 10 to 15 years ago because I remember watching, I can't remember the specifics, but I remember watching, it was before the year 2000 because I know where I was living. And I remember watching, I don't know if it was the Tonys or the Oscars. It could have been the Emmys as well. I, I can't, or the Golden Globes even. I can't, can't quite remember. And I... Remember, it must have been the Oscars because it was a movie, now that I'm stopping to really think about it. I can't remember the exact movie, but I remember 
watching a movie and being so moved by it, thinking, oh, this has got to win. This is amazing. And then having seen most, if not all, of the competitors in that category, the other nominations in that category, and then it didn't win. And I, and I remember thinking, wow, why didn't that win? And I remember looking at the newspaper or the, the magazine articles or whatever it was shortly thereafter and talking to people and whatever. And most people, I wish I could remember the damn movie. Most people were on my side. They thought that movie should win. And they were surprised that the movie that did win, did win. And it was at that point that I went, you know, it's all just a circus. It's all just a big, you know, brouhaha. Who can, who who gets to do it first? You know, who gets the most votes? Who, I, I, I just, I didn't want to say it's rigged, but it certainly felt that way. It's like, how can you overlook this outstanding performance, outstanding production, whatever it was, and go for this other one? And I can't remember what they were. I wish they were. It was late late 90s because I was still in school. So we're looking at 98, 99. And I, I can't remember. I, I'd have to go back and look at the details from those two years or three years, 97, 98, 99, somewhere in there. Anyhow, uh, I, I'm not big on competition anymore because what's the point? What's the point? Somebody for a short period of time, whatever that short period of time may be, could be just a matter of weeks, could be decades, is going to recognize somebody, you know, oh, wow, that person's really good at what they do. And with movies, it's a little different because you can go back and say, wow, yeah, that person did earn the Oscar, the whatever, the such and such, you know, for that, because that is really good. And nowadays, you can do the same thing with certain sports games. I get it. It's there. That that look back on history is there. But that doesn't mean the people that were around that winner, whoever that winner may be, were inferior they were good enough to get cast in the movie or you know put into the game that particular game to do their job so why why belittle them they're part of the 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 process there they're part of the thing that made it good they're not any less valued i don't know i'm going off on a tangent anyway i've never been big on competition and the older I get, the more it seems I care less about it. Because, you know, in, I, don't, I, like, I just proved it right now. I can't remember the Academy Awards from, you know, the late 90s, 98, 99, maybe 97. It could have even been 2000, come to think of it, that, that, that I was so upset that the movie that I thought was going to win, and damn it, I wish I knew which movie it was, and it didn't. And it was at that point, I just kind of gave up. I'm like, you know what? I don't need to follow these careers anymore. I don't need to, to stay up on this information anymore because most of the time it really doesn't matter. And time has proved that because I stopped caring and it's not like I have felt lost without that knowledge, without that, you know, that thing going on. So, I don't know, I'm going off on big tangents here. Um, <laughs> anyhow, no, never been big into sports, never been big into competition. Because in the big picture, I don't see the point. But I am very curious 
what you have to say about that. If you can show to me, offer to me a point, send it to me, changes in latitudes podcast at gmail.com or message me on the Facebook page. And let's talk about this. We'll talk about it off the show. We don't need to, you know, bring it up on the show unless it's something pretty cool. And we'll, you know, figure that out then. But competition in the, in the big picture of life really doesn't matter to me anymore. And I don't know if it really should to us as a culture, as a society, because it, it really, uh, you know, I see the, 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 my team, your team bullshit going on out there, you know, Oh, my personal team, this is my team. No, it's not your team. It's a team that you're rooting for that you have decided to purchase paraphernalia from, you know, purchase things that have their logo on it. And you are saying, I support this team. Okay. You're a team supporter. You're an athletic supporter in that sense, but it's not your team. It's whoever owns it and pays the bills. It's their team. That's, that's their team. And in this, this discussion about, you know, my team's better than your team. It seems so close to the whole, my God's better than your God bullshit that, it comes down to why are we even doing this? Can't we just have fun with it all? Can't we just get together and play a game? And one last thing before I get off off this tangent, the soapbox here, I do not understand why uh, athletes and and performers, to be quite honest, need to make such an absorbent amount of money per project. Uh, I mean. There are certain circumstances where I do understand certain things, like if a, if a, if a, if a actor or actress is going to put themselves through a huge physical change, you know, bulk up or, or skinny down or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I get it. Maybe offer them a little bit more because they're doing some physical shit to their body. But these sports figures, they know there's a chance they're going to get injured the moment they step onto the onto the game, whatever the game may be, by the very nature of whatever the game is, there's a good chance you're going to get hurt. I don't see any reason why we should reward them by paying them more money so they can have something to use when their body finally gives out. I, I don't I don't agree in that at all. Who should get more money are the people that matter, like school teachers, the people that are, are shaping the brains of the future for our world, our country. Those are the people that need the money. Life-saving positions, doctors, nurses, medical, things like that, they deserve money. Lawyers, uh, that's a really big gray area, but I think they make far too fucking much money as, as, is, as well. But uh, now I'm really getting off on a tangent here. But uh, so let me just quickly say this. Never been big on competition. Never understood the why behind doing sports because in the end it doesn't matter. And that's that. Listener feedback. That's the sound of listener feedback coming at you. Yeah, there's listener feedback. The sound for listener feedback. Unfortunately, we do not have any this show. We got none. No zip, zilch, nada. Nothing in the listener feedback department. And that's okay. 
<laughs> because it's been the holidays. People are still sorting out their lives, getting their shit together from going from 2015, 2016. I understand that. Probably catching up on back episodes because life started getting busy around, I'm going to guess, Halloween, like my life did. <laughs> so, totally cool. To my longtime fans and loyal listeners out there, the ones who've uh, been around for, well, about 66 episodes now, <laughs> thank you so much for being there. You know I love you. You know I've talked about you in the past. I'm not going to go over it all again. Uh, but I want to let you, I want to thank you again for listening and being there and supporting me and the show and sharing the show, telling others about the show. And just, it's awesome. So thank you. There it is. There's the closing show music. We're here. We made it to the end. Don't fast forward yet, though. There's a lot of stuff to listen to. Don't don't skip out on this. This is I still record this live every episode. So next episode is going to be kind of a heavy episode, uh, but it's like the elephant in the room that needs to be spoken about, and the topic's going to be about suicide. And I'm not saying that to you know to, as a trigger warning or anything like that, but some people are very fragile we'll say when it comes to that topic because it's something that's very close to them in the sense that they lost someone or it's close to them in the sense that they nearly lost themselves to it so i get it and then it's those sorts of things we're going to talk about and also where to reach out for help I am always looking for topics. I'm always looking for guests. Get in touch with me, Changes in Latitudes Podcast at gmail.com or on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Changes in Latitudes Podcast. Message me there. It's private and I keep it private unless you say not to, you know, and usually I'll ask, but you can message me there and I get it pretty darn quick. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. So, stay crazy, everyone. Again, Happy New Year's. Happy second week of 2016. Thank you so much for being here. And I'll see you next week. been listening to changes in latitudes a transgender experience i'd love to hear from you so let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changes in latitudes podcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the facebook page at facebook.com slash changes in latitudes podcast or at the website changes in latitudes podcast.blogspot.com don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, 
please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2016 by me, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. And please remember...